There we go. Hey, welcome. Glory to God. I threw him a curveball at the last minute. Amen. You like that? Glory to God. Yeah. Amen. So we just welcome you. Today is part 14 of our noonday prayer, and it's been awesome. And uh, today we're, we might actually talk about humility. We tried yesterday, but we didn't get there. Um, I would like for us to go ahead and let's go on back to Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6. So today is day like 22, is that right, of uh, the 40 days, what is it? 22? Okay, all right. Somewhere around in there. We're, we're over halfway, glory to God. And uh, now's the time, we talked about it yesterday, that it's important for us to understand that uh, not to get the big head because we're, you know, not to get in pride because we're over the 20 days, but we're continuing to fast. If you're watching us and you haven't been fasting yet and you'd like to join in, uh, if you watch the first couple of episodes, you see of this noon prayer, day one, two, three in there, uh, you see the benefits of fasting and we're seeing them. I mean, we're seeing testimonies, we're seeing breakthrough, healing, provision, we're seeing all of that. And we're just, we're feeling the release from the things of this world and stepping into God's things and it's awesome. And so you're welcome to join with us. Uh, some people are fasting everything, they're only having water. Some people are just fasting solid foods. Uh, you know, some people are having mostly liquid with uh, some protein shakes, if they're, depending on what their activity level is. Some people are fasting just during the daylight hours and they'll have one meal at night. Some people are doing a Daniel fast. Uh, basically, our, what we said was, at the end of this time, we want to have a couple of things happen. One, we want to have lost weight. If we didn't lose weight, we probably didn't fast a biblical fast. Amen. And then the um, second thing is that we didn't put all the, as, as far as not just putting food and like junk food into our system, we also don't want to put spiritual junk food or mental junk food. So we're fasting uh, TV, uh, movies, and like scrolling on social media, stuff like that. And so these are the things that we're doing. You can have the same breakthrough because God's not a respecter of persons. He just respects hunger. He respects uh, humility, which is what we're talking about. But in that, knowing that we've gone over halfway now, now what are we looking at? We're looking at being here in this place where all of a sudden, uh, hey, we've accomplished something already. We're in day 22 of this fast. I'm, I'm seeing all over the Internet a lot of people were doing 21-day fast, and all of a sudden they're eating now, but we're still going. Amen. But we have a goal. We have a purpose. But we're doing good. Y'all are doing awesome. You're doing really great in the fast. So keep on. That's what God's called us to this year is to do that. So let's go after him. But don't get the big head because about the time you think you've done it, you forget who actually empowered you to do it, and that's when you can get attacked. The other thing that we're seeing is this, is it's not that the devil's not challenging us, right? He is. The word says that the devil comes immediately to steal the seed of the word. In other words, he doesn't just let you, you know, just, well, go be super Christian and I'm not going to do anything about it or not going to try to stop you. We're seeing some opposition, but it doesn't matter because we have the victory. Amen. And so stand up against that. Don't stand for it. Don't stand for it. Stand up against it. And uh, the other thing is this, is now's the time when you're starting to feel that breakthrough like what we said yesterday. Now's the time when you're starting to get the upper hand on the enemy in your life. Now's the time to pour it on. Gain as much ground as you possibly can. You know, just go, go after him and just take ground for the kingdom. But we talked about this yesterday and I want to say it one more time. Hebrews eleven six, it says, without faith, it is impossible to please him for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those that seek him. Uh, we talked about uh, a few weeks ago about the fact that Paul said uh, we run for the prize. We need to keep our eyes on the prize. And he says, you should play to win. This is what scripture is saying. You should play to win. You should, you should basically run the race to win the race. Here God says, look, you need to believe. 
And if you're believing, then that means faith goes along with believing, right? If you're believing that God is a rewarder, then we're taking action to step into that reward, right? Well, that means that we continue to press. We continue to run the race and, and we're diligent. He says he is a rewarder of them. In the King James, it says that diligently seek him. Right now here, it just says seek him. But here's the thing. If we're seeking him correctly with everything, isn't it diligent? So it means the same thing. And if you're diligently seeking him, we're in day 22. Are we seeking him diligently? Then we ought to be put in belief that he is a rewarder and rewards are coming in Jesus name. So just say this with me right now. Just say, Father, I believe that you are a rewarder and your rewards are coming. They're manifesting now. I receive your rewards as I diligently seek after you and go after you. Amen. Glory to God. So we're not just moving. We're believing to receive. The whole purpose of this is to receive more on us so that then we can dish it out to this world. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. So let's look here. At James, I believe it is, chapter 4. We talked for four days, four days on hunger. And we could probably talk some more on hunger, honestly. But I believe the Lord wants us to move on. But I want you to understand that in this, um, in this time where the Lord had me last year seeking after him, he kept saying stuff to me almost every single day. He'd say two words. Hunger and humility. Hunger and humility. Cause, and I think it's good for those two to go along because they balance each other. I want you to think about this now. If I hunger after the Lord, what's going to be the result of that according to the word? If I'm hungering, I shall be filled. I shall be satisfied. We looked at it. It means not just to the full. It means I'm overflowing with the blessings of God. I'm overflowing, right? So if I hunger after him, what's happening to my level? Up, 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 up. It's going up, 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 up. Right. So all of a sudden, if I'm hungering after him and it's going up, 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 but then I don't apply humility, what's going to happen? I'm going up, up, up. I don't apply humility. I get in pride. I get the big head. All of a sudden, now pride goes before the fall. So I don't maintain what hunger brought me. You see, the Lord wants us not only to achieve and receive the reward, but also be able to maintain it, right? To keep us at that place. He wants us to keep us at that place and continue to grow. That's why we need to focus on hunger and humility. Now, if we're in humility, we'll be hungry. And if we're hungry, then we should be in humility. But one of the things the Lord knows is he knows us. And he knows that we need to focus on the two. This, you need to be purposed in both of those. We need that humility. Now, uh, let's talk for a second about grace. So grace, well, there's been a lot of talk in the church about it. Grace, basically, if I had to give a definition of it, some people say that grace is simply love. Some people say that it's unmerited favor. Some people say that it's empowerment, right? Uh, grace is basically the power to walk in the things of God at the full level of it, right? I would say grace is all of those things. It is, it is exactly that. It's love. It's unmerited favor. It's the empowerment, right? I basically define it myself as the empowerment and favor to walk in everything God has for you. Right. Uh, through faith, we were saved by grace. Right. Grace saved us. It changed us. It made us completely new. Grace does those things. And here's the thing. Can you walk in more grace or less grace? What was released through Jesus? Grace. Right. Was it all released? Is he releasing any more? I don't think so. I think it was all done. But can we walk in different levels of grace? 
Well, I believe the word says that. Let's look right here. So grace is that empowerment and favor to walk these things out. In James 4, 6, it says, but he gives a greater grace. So in other words, God releases a greater grace here. What does he release a greater grace on? Well, let's read. Therefore, it says, God is opposed to the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. See, he's opposed to the proud, but he gives a grace and a greater grace to the humble. So now when we hunger after God, the blessings of God start to fill us. But as we stay humble, he releases a grace to go after him with everything we have to empower us. Let's continue reading here. I didn't give them these scriptures back there, but let's just look at this. This is uh, James 4, 6 through 10. It says... Uh, verse 6, but he gives a greater grace. Therefore, it says, God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Submit, therefore, to God. So what is that saying? Humble yourself to God. Humble yourself. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Now, who's he t is he talking about Jesus here? He'll flee from Jesus? He'll flee from the Holy Spirit? No, he's talking about you, me, us. He says, you, the subject is, you submit to God. You humble yourself to God. You resist the devil and he will flee. So what are we seeing right here? As we humble ourselves to God, grace and greater grace is given. And what is that grace for? To empower us to walk the way we should. So all of a sudden now we come up into the place of humility and we... Uh, in that humility, greater grace is given. And now when the devil comes up, we resist him and he has to flee. Resist the devil. And he must, in other words, you see right away in what he says that humility empowers us to then put the devil on the run. In other words, it brought grace up to a new level in our lives. We received more of it. And now that grace is giving us the empowerment that we need to put the devil on the run. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Does this fall under humility? Drawing near to God, is this a humble action? Mm -hmm. He's saying basically, if you, will, if you will continue this humility process, part of it is to draw near to God and he will draw near to you. See, a lot of times, you know, it's kind of like this. Sometimes we cannot feel what God's doing like I did in that first fast. Obviously, I'm drawing near to him, but it didn't feel like he was there. But was he there? Yes. But a lot of times when we feel like, man, Lord, where are you? One of the things that we probably need to do is we need to draw near to him. Because if we're not, if we're not experiencing him, you know, in that fast, I eventually experienced him and I felt his presence and what he had done. He was there. I just couldn't feel it. But if it's an ongoing thing, I mean, for a long period of time, that was not a long period of time. But if it's an ongoing thing for a long period of time, we're not experiencing God. Maybe we're not drawing near to him. And that's a part of humility. And so we're not receiving the grace that he has for us. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be miserable and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned into mourning and your joy to gloom. Now, a lot of times people can take that verse right there and they can, they can turn it around. God wants us to be joy. Remember, enter into the joy of the Lord. And hey, I tell you these things so that your joy may be full. But right here it says, take your joy and your laughter and turn it into mourning. What's it talking about? It's talking about taking the joy that you would find in the world versus the world, the joy that you would find in God. In other words, take that stuff that you would put all of your treasure in in the world that makes you so happy in the world. Drop that. Turn it into mourning if you have to, but focus on God. Don't find your source in the things of the world. Find your source in the things of God, right? And he says, in him is fullness of joy, right? So he's not saying don't be joyful. He's saying, look, do what you need to do to humble yourself to the Lord. And then in him, you'll find everything that you need. 
He says, verse 10, again, humble yourselves in the presence of the Lord and he will exalt you. He will exalt you. He will exalt you based on what? On humility. Humility. Humility will lead to greater grace, greater empowerment. He will exalt you, right? Then let's look here at Proverbs 22 and verse 4. Let's just look at what humility does. Proverbs 22. And verse 4, it says, The reward of humility and the fear of the Lord are riches, honor, and life. Humility. Humility. Humbling ourselves. Humbling ourselves. Lord, it's not me that's doing this fast. It's you who's strengthening me. I made a choice, but my choice was simply to tap into all of your goodness and your mercy. And through that, you empowered me through your grace. The reward, again, there's the reward. The reward of humility and the fear of the Lord are riches, honor, and life. Let's turn to Proverbs 29. Proverbs 29 and verse 22. 22 and 23 says this, An angry man stirs up strife, and a hot-tempered man abounds in transgression. A man's pride will bring him low, but a humble spirit will obtain honor. So we see rewards, honor, life, grace and greater grace, resisting the devil and he will flee, right? We see, we see all of these great things that accompany humility. All right, let's turn back a few chapters to Proverbs 18 and verse 10 through 12. The name of the Lord is a strong tower and the righteous runs into it and is safe. A rich man's wealth is his strong city and like a high wall in his own imagination. Before destruction of the heart, a man is haughty, but humility goes before honor. Humility goes before honor. So in the last verse in Proverbs 29, it says this, it says, an angry man stirs up strife. <clears throat> Excuse me. An angry man stirs up strife. Uh, why would somebody be angry all the time? It's a good question to think about. Remember the word says be slow to anger, right? But why would somebody be angry all the time? Ultimately, they've had something done to them that they have not received healing over. Or most of it is that things are not going their way. Like they have a corner on the market of the way that things should go. <laughs> right? A lot of, think about that. Think about that humility. Is that humble? And what they're angry at is because it didn't go their way. Well... There's lots of things that won't go your way, right? There's lots of things. It's better just to get that out of your system. But that'll keep people angry all the time. Is that humility? No, no. And so you don't, an angry person, a lot of times it, pride is part of their root issue. And that's what they're angry about. It's because things didn't go my way. I was treated bad when I was young or, and it didn't go my way. Well, there's lots of people. The decision after that is how are you going to live life from this point forward? Humility says, okay, I forgive that. I let it go and it does not define me anymore. Right. Father, I humble myself. You define me through Christ. Amen. That's a humility. In other words, one of the biggest things that I can do to help people move on 
is to get them to just completely drop the past, good or bad, and just move on from this day forward as a child of God. Humble yourself to who he is because you could start today at ground zero. I mean, you could have zero. You could start applying this, and even by next week, your life could look totally different. By the end of the day, it could look totally different. But most people, they continue to hold on to the past so much that they never can get into the future that God's already laid out for them. Think about this, if they, and see, that's a lack of humility. Think about this, if I continue, you know, let's just, let's just say that this represents my past. And let's say that I never let go of my past and I just keep dragging it with me and I keep dragging my identity with me in my past. At what point does my future get to be written the way that it should? It doesn't because I keep putting my past into my present and future because I won't drop this. See, any one of us should right now be able to say today is a new day. I drop all my thoughts, my processes, my habits, everything. I find my identity in Christ. And today I'm a child of the king. Today and tomorrow is totally different than yesterday was. And that person would be able to take off like a rocket in the things of God. But because we carry our hurts, we carry what we those doctrines we think we know, we carry all that stuff into our present and our future, it limits our future. And that is straight up pride versus humility. And so we're completely limited. I wrote this down. Pride buries potential and humility multiplies potential. Pride buries potential and humility multiplies potential. Think about this. I want to give you an example. This is an example I used one time. Have you ever have you ever been visiting a church or you've talked to people that have visited a church and they walk in and they're like, yeah, it was an okay church, but I didn't like their music. I didn't like their music, so we didn't go back there. And then they go to another church and they're like, yeah, it was an okay church, but, you know, everybody there, uh, nobody had a suit on, nobody was dressed up. So I just, I'm, you know, I'm not I'm not going back there. Or I went to a church and, and everybody dressed up and no, they couldn't just be who they were. So I'm not going back there. You hear both, you know, both sides of the aisle on that, right? Or you go in and you're like, yeah, but I just didn't like the way the pastor's wife looked at me. You know? Or I just didn't, you know, they weren't very friendly. They weren't friendly enough to me, right? There's all kinds of excuses that you hear all the time about why people don't go to church. Or I went to church one time and somebody did something wrong and so I can just enjoy God at home, right? Well, you're missing out on a commandment that he told you to go. In other words, you're letting somebody's wrongdoing affect your right doing. That's not right. And so, but not only that, but you're, you're bowling it all down to one person who was probably young in the Lord or immature, didn't understand stuff. And because of one person's immature decision, now you're completely out of place. Your life will not be flourishing. It might be good according to the world standards, but it won't be good according to God because you can't. It says those that are planted in the house of the Lord flourish in the courts of heaven. It doesn't work the other way around. So it's, but look at this. What I want you to see is, do you see how people will walk into the church? And, and all of us have probably done it on some level. And they judge what's going on. Well, I, didn't like, I didn't like his message. He, he stepped on my toes, right? Well, that probably wasn't me. That was probably the Holy Spirit. So maybe you, before you assign blame, you ought to check that, right? But you see how people will, I didn't like it because he went long that day. Well, the week before I might have gone short. You know, it can happen. It has before once, but, <laughs> you know, it can happen. <laughs> but here's the thing. They'll make up all these reasons why they don't like, they walk in with judging, like, did they use the King James or not? Or did they do this or not? Did they have long worship? Did they have short worship? Were they contemporary worship? Were they this or that or everything else? And here's the thing. Is that pride or humility? It's pride. It's pride going, the way that I like it is the way that's best. In other words, you've left no room for you to grow. You see, that's all pride. 
And I, I like this question is, what if we at the church judged new guests the way that they judge us? Right? Oh, look at them. They came in. They weren't dressed up. Or look at them. They came in looking like they were a million bucks. You know, who are they trying to impress? You know, oh, look at them. They sit back there with a smirk on their face or they laugh the whole time. I don't like being laughed at. You know, you know, what if, well, they didn't say hello to anybody. Nobody shook. No, they didn't shake anybody's hand. They just walked in, they sat, and then they left. They didn't even say hey to anybody. You know, what if we judged on the same thing, right? So a lot of times what that helps us do is awaken ourselves to what we're thinking. Well, I didn't like how that person looked at me. Who cares? It'll be okay. You're a child of God. Glory to God. Who cares? See, all that is rooted in pride. It's rooted in pride. And that's the kind of stuff that we have to be mindful of and make sure. We have to purpose ourselves to get into humility. So, let me show you something. Good, the word good. Do you say, if you like something, do you say, oh, that was good. That was a good service. Uh, my family, they treated me good, right? All right, so what makes something good? What makes it good? It's acceptable to you. That's a good answer. Yeah. See, that's good. Yeah, that was acceptable to me. That was an acceptable answer. Amen. What good really means in our society is it's better than the majority of the other. In other words, it's, it's, more, it's more along the lines of it's better than. So, in other words, uh, let's say that you uh, make, um, let's say that you make, $30,000 a year, right? And let's say that, Patty, you say, ah, oh, $30,000 a year, that's good. That's good, good income, right? But what about to somebody who's making 50000 a year? Is it good then? No, it's not good to them. But what about somebody who's making 10000 a year? Oh, it's really good to them. So good is really better than what we are expecting, are better than what we're willing to accept. It's better than our average. But can't you see that good is completely relevant to the person who's making the statement? Yeah. All right. So it's, well, so what we're saying is it's better than something. But better than what? And this means, you know, we all rate good differently. We all have different rating systems for what we call good. Now watch this, but here's the thing. As the way we walk our life out, we rate our lives as good most of the time when good outweighs the bad. So I can tell a little white lie every now and then as long as I live good the rest of the time. See, as long as our good outweighs the bad and then we call ourselves good, you know, how many times have I told you, you know, people are talking about loved ones who have passed and they go, well, if anybody went to heaven, they did because they lived a good life compared to what? Compared to what? If they lived a good life compared to Jesus, like better good as or better than he did, then, yeah, it was a good life. But if it was any any south of Jesus, it wasn't good enough. It's not good enough to go to heaven. Yeah, that's why we have to accept Jesus as our Savior, right? But see, it's, it's good compared to what? I mean, I've had some people that, like, they are holy people, and they've said it's good. And then I've had some people that are complete heathens say, well, if anybody lived a good life, it was them. And I'm like, the fact that you're telling me is good does not mean very much in my, in my opinion. You see, so good is relative. It's... It's going to be relevant to who's saying it, right? And a lot of times we say our life is good. Here's the problem. If good equals better, but godly equals best. Godly is what we're really after. We're not after good because good can be relative. We're after godly. We should not be satisfied with good. 
We should be after godly. You can have good without godly. That's the trap. You can have good without godly. Look at 1 Corinthians 13, 3. Even if I give all my possessions to the poor, that's good. But have not love. Love, God is love. So in other words, I don't have God in the situation. Good, not godly. Even if I, right? Even if I I burn myself out, I give my body to be burned. Basically, I'm burning the candle on both ends. I'm completely wearing myself out. I say I'm doing it for God. Good, but have not love. It profits me nothing. Not godly. John Bevere, I think, has a book. I haven't read it yet, but I was all over it. You know, I was already preaching it and ministering it when his, when his book came out. And I just, I was like, I know where he's going with it because the Holy Spirit's saying the same thing to me. And he said, good or God, right? So good. But here's the thing. So in other words, what we've got to understand in our lives is how many people think that overall you live a pretty good life? Pretty good. All of us. If it didn't, we wouldn't be living it. We're trying to make good choices, right? But here's the thing. Good compared to what? Compared to what? Is it compared to the word? It should be. But truthfully... It's probably good more compared to the world's way of looking at things than it is the word. Because believe it or not, our atmosphere and our environment is heavily influenced by the world more than it is by the word. Which is why we need to constantly place ourselves in an atmosphere of the word. Because we want to make sure that the judgments that we're making in our own life are not just good, but God. You see? And so now what, what I'm trying to get all of us to look at, and I'm, I'm looking at it again for myself, is here's the thing. What I think of as good right now, is it really good or is it God? Or is it good compared to the world? The truth is some of it may be godly, but there's probably, odds are, there's a whole lot of it that's just good according to the world. But God's not in it. And humility is the thing that lets us see that. Humility is the thing that lets us see that. When we're willing to say, I can miss it. I can miss it. Recently, um, hold on. Not too long ago, I had a conversation uh, with some ministers in uh, in the kingdom. Uh, well versed in the word and we were having a conversation and we were talking about this same subject and I said you know basically they were saying to me that you know we can't miss it because we have the mind of Christ right we can't miss it because we have the mind of Christ I'm like you also have the body of the world and the word says that if you, if you say you cannot sin, you are deceiving yourselves. But they're saying, but that's a lack of faith. Can you see the rub here? Pulling back and forth on different scriptures. But you've got to look at them in context. And here's what's missing in that argument. But, you, but you, that's out of faith. Yeah, but there's no humility there. When you're saying I can't miss it, you're setting yourself up for a fall. I said that. It wasn't a year later. And it was major. It was big, messy, and ugly. Because exactly what I said and what I was trying to say, did I I want that? Did I want to be right in that situation? No, I didn't. That's why I was trying to avoid, trying to help. There's got to be humility. See, humility allows us to see the difference. In other words, let's say that I'm here with good, but actually God is here, godly is here, then in order to make up the difference, I've got to see that I have room to grow and I need the grace to grow up into it. Where we talked about the beginning, humility brings grace and greater grace. So it's not humility for me to say that the gap's not there. 
Because that's basically saying that I see and know everything that God is doing. I don't. The word says we, we see through a veil darkly, through a glass darkly. Right? So there's still a gap there from the corruption of this flesh where I don't see everything. I'm made perfect in my spirit. But my mind is being renewed and my flesh still carries corruption with it until I have receive a new glorified body. And I still see through a glass darkly. So for somebody to say that they see all things and they know everything and we, we know, yes, we have the mind of Christ. As, as the Lord opens up and as we humble ourselves to him, we get the mind of Christ. But humbling myself means that I recognize that there's a gap between me and God as far as in what I know. And I'm willing to admit that that humility then gives me the grace that will empower me to come up to that place. Right. That humility will empower me to come up to that place. But I do believe that God, when I find myself in a situation, he will give me the mind. That's where that's placed, that I have the mind of Christ and I will know what I need to know. But I'm not saying that I have arrived. That's the difference between the two. It's saying that when I get there, if I have a need, that he, he doesn't believe in lack and he will give me. But I have enough humility to recognize that I don't know everything God knows. There's no way I know it. I don't even know everything that man knows. And God knows that and more. Everything that man knows came, came from God. Every bit of wisdom and knowledge that's good and pure and perfect came from above, from the Father of light. It came from God. So everything that man knows, like I'm not a walking Google, right? I can't, you can't just like, hey, Pastor Brian, what's this? I mean, I might know a lot of trivia and a lot of facts. Uh, I used to probably know more, but I know, I know more about the word now. Glory to God. But I, I can't answer every, I mean, I still need to get on Google every now and then myself and find something out, right? Why? Because I don't know everything just that man knows. And for me to say, I know everything God knows. In other words, I'm there. That's, that's pride. That's pride. And it's not that God won't give me what I need when I need it. He absolutely will. And the more I humble myself, the more he will give me grace to come up to higher and higher levels in him. So how much do we need humility? Ooh, a lot. We need this. We need hunger and humility. Hunger and humility. Hunger and humility. And guess what humility says? You know what? I can miss it. I can be wrong. Right? Brother Hagen, when he would prophesy to somebody, he'd come in front of somebody and he'd prophesy and speak to him. He'd say, look, he said, now I can miss this because I'm a man and I can miss it. He understood the relationship between the two. Right. Now, he was a prophet of God, but he understood that his flesh could get involved and he didn't pick up on it and he can miss it. Doesn't make him a false prophet, makes him a man. Right. A false prophet is one that's going around basically teaching antichrist stuff and not somebody that misses it every now and then. Right. And this is so he's saying, look, I can miss it. And he was telling them, you know, you, this what I say to you should confirm what God's already or it should plant the seeds for it to come up later. This is this is what he's talking about. In other words, but I love this is one of the top prophets in the world in that time. And he says, I can miss it. I heard him say that a bunch of times on videos. I could miss it. I'm a man. I could miss it. But, you know, and this is this is how that's humility. That's why he walked in the grace that he had. That's why he walked in that empowerment. So let's pray. Lord, we just thank you for your humility and the ability to walk in it that you've given us. Thank you, Father, for it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Lord, we need humility. We just praise you. We worship you. We need humility in our lives. Thank you for making it available to us. Thank you for empowering us through it, Lord. We just give you the glory and the honor. Sofre <laughs> 
Manchudi Bukuchi Bes Varanda Bose Mende Nikotiatadana. That reminds me. What is one of the most humble ways that you can pray? Pray by the Holy Ghost in the Spirit. Because you're saying, look, I'd almost rather pray in the Holy Ghost than I would in English. You know why? Because just because the fact that I can miss it and the Holy Spirit can't, right? I'm not trying to say I know something, right? I'm not trying to prove that. I just want him to pray exactly what he wants to pray. That's humbling myself to him. That's one of the big strengths of praying uh, in the Holy Ghost and receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit is the ability to humbly pray and then open up that grace. Yeah, thank you, Father. Sunder Golo di Gist, Jade Stutama, Shofletacom. Go to Nindi Codilano do, Bobra Papania, Bebe, Stole, and Comachi. Lord, thank you for humility. Father, show us areas that we've been walking in pride. We just ask that you would shine the light on areas where we've been walking in pride. We're a people, we can miss it, we don't plan on it, and we don't speak missing it by faith, but we understand that we have a flesh. We're not beyond our flesh yet, although we have the ability to put it down, we understand that there's potential in it to sidetrack us and get us off track. We humble ourselves and we ask you by faith that we will see those small deceptions and that we will never get off track. But we will constantly put the flesh down and humble ourselves, understanding the balance between the spirit, soul, and body. Father, we thank you for that, and we humble ourselves to it. We humble ourselves to your plan. Lord, we, we humble ourselves to our need for humility. <laughs> we humble ourselves to that. Lord, we need that humility because we definitely need grace and greater grace. Thank you, Father. Let our eyes of understanding be enlightened. Let our eyes be enlightened, Lord, as to just exactly areas where pride has been and humility has not. And then, Lord, strengthen us with all might to step into your humility. Lord, we just ask for your strength to step into your humility. Glory to God. Thank you, Father, for your goodness and your mercy. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for your goodness and your mercy. Thank you, Father. Lord, as we walk out this fast, Lord, let us not get the big head. Let us not get in pride over that. Lord, every good and perfect gift comes from you. Father, it's you. It's you who strengthens us to even do this. Lord, I know. I know from past experience. I could not be walking in the strength that I'm walking in in this fast if you weren't giving me some strength. I know that it is supernatural strength that's happening to allow me to go in this days of prayer and fasting. Thank you, Father. We know this, Lord. We know in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, for your goodness. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Thank you, Father. Amen.
Eimbe ke imbenge embokoda bokobani chamu koda boshebe lotene. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Make some notes on what he told me to tell you tomorrow. So, go to the monster, but about the Monday day. Do to the bottom of the door 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 to the bottom of the Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Do you have something? What is it? Hmm. You have Ephesians 5 as some of the um, scriptures, or there is something in Peter, but. Sutra Mokopatini Michidi Yataramasa Taramo Dure Pekaramasa. Thank you, Father, for your goodness and your mercy. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Sutra Mokorobothi Yatarameti Dedi so what are we doing here, right here in this moment, just praying in the Holy Ghost? We're just allowing the Holy Ghost to say things that he wants to say about humility and pray that out. Here we're allowing him to pray out exactly what he wants to pray. Thank you, Father. Achi karamaso trobosotin, demo clocoloro, clocline carabasa tadana tatabo. Cure petebesu trobosotini, becho to do ma charla cudicis. Thank you, Father. Sotramo sotramo. Holly, will you come here? Tukonomoso bopia chedemesib. Lord, I just speak peace in every way. Thank you, Lord. We just humble ourselves to your peace and your answer right now. Thank you, Father, for peace in every way, peace that passes understanding. Now, humility, humility receives the problem released and the solution it grabs a hold of. In other words, okay, I don't know if that worked. It's not thinking like that. It's, I don't know or not whether or not the prayer works. It says, I know that prayer works because I'm letting go of the old and I'm receiving the new, receiving the peace. So, Lord, we just humble ourselves to your solutions right now. Thank you for peace that passes understanding. Thank you for your solutions in every way. Yeah, just say, Father... I receive your peace in every situation. Yeah, thank you, Lord, for bringing solutions. Amen. Did you find it? Can you hear me? There we go. In 1 Peter chapter 3, it says, Wives, in the same way, be submissive to your husbands, so that if any of them do not believe the word, they may be won over without words by the behavior of their wives. And while Pastor was praying, that's what the Holy Spirit was just showing me, that 
no matter what situation we're in, no matter if your husband is saved, no matter if he's, he's living the life he should be or not, he can be won over by your words. He can be won over by your love. He can be won over by your submission to him. Our lives are an example. They're an example to our husband. They're an example to our children. They're an example to the body of Christ, and they're an example to unbelievers. So the way we live our life is a testimony to all of those around us. And if we want to see, let's say our husband changed, I really feel like somebody's listening today that they want to see a change in their husband. And if they want to see that come to pass, then they need to live the righteous and holy life that God called them to. They need to speak words of life over their spouse. They need to speak words of life over their children. And without words, it says that even without the words, they're going to win over. They're going to win over. So, Lord, I just thank you. I thank you right now that, that every, every person who is listening, but especially any woman who's in that situation and believing for her spouse right now, I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you would give her the ability and the strength to live out what your word says. I thank you for giving her the peace of God to know that the situation is in your hands. I thank you, Holy Spirit, for empowering her with your love to walk out in love and humility, to be able to not be prideful and say, well, I have God, but to say, Lord, they need you too. So I just thank you, Jesus, right now that you would be with each and every person. Lord, I thank you that unbelieving spouses are going to come into your kingdom. I thank you that wives are going to stand up and stand upon your word and that they are going to believe the truth of God in Jesus' name. I thank you for it. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that we walk in love and that we walk in humility. Thank you for it, Lord. In Jesus' name, we praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your goodness and your mercy. Thank you, Father. We praise you and we worship you, Lord. Thank you. Lord, we just thank you for humility. We thank you for your humility. Father, thank you for giving us entrance into more grace. Thank you for giving us tools to live this godly life and not just talk about it, but thank you, Father, for your humility. Lord, let us just start to stew and meditate on your humility, Lord. Let us just start to, to stay at that place where humility reigns in our life, Lord. Thank you, Father. Sutra Bukodia Pasiberoma Mayati Laklofinde Bukore Bani Banchifersufre Petinehia. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. 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 Well, thank you all for joining us today. Uh, if you'd like to give, like what we talked about each day online, there should be a link that you can click. And uh, if you're here, you can put it in the basket. Whoever is giving what, wherever, Father, in the name of Jesus, we just receive it on your behalf. And Father, let it be multiplied, pressed down, shaken together, and returned unto them in a full harvest in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you all for being here. We'll see you tomorrow. We'll talk some more about humility. Thank you all for joining us. Have a great day. Bye-bye.